desire is the most powerful of human desires. When driven by this desire, men develop keenness of imagination, courage, willpower, persistence, and creative ability unknown to them at other times. So strong and impelling is the desire for sexual contact that men freely run the risk of life and reputation to indulge in. When harnessed and redirected along other lines, this motivating force maintains all of its attributes of keenness of imagination, courage, etc., which may be used as powerful creative forces in literature, art, or in any other profession or calling, including, of course, the accumulation of riches. Napoleon Hill. Hey there, peeps. This is Michelle Nedelec. I am super glad that you're here with us today because I have the most amazing guest, Dana. Thank you, Dana, so much for being here with us today. Oh, thank you. I am super excited. Nice. I saw your profile and I was like, oh my God, I need to have you on this show. This is awesome. You're perfect. <laughs> so give us a 5,000 foot view of who you are and what you do. Okay. So I uh, grew up in a cult, left that, went on this huge journey to figure out how to untangle myself along the way, found the most profound healing inside of the most unusual place, which was Jenna. <laughs> And then that led me to become a dominatrix. Concurrent to all of that, I was building a seven-figure massage supply and uh, therapy outlet. Uh, so I got all that going on, hit a bankruptcy with my supply outlet, changed gears, became a coach, and for the longest time was running this whole platform of the inner dominatrix and have just rebranded. And I'm calling myself the trusted advisor because it kind of incorporates a little bit more of how I bring absolutely all of my skills in for helping people to become a badass in business. Wow, that is fantastic. I can <laughs> honestly say you're the first person I know that I've met that's a dominatrix. I may have met others, <laughs> just didn't know it. <laughs> There's a lot of people that have that personality. I'm pretty sure they were. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. There's those that probably should be. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. It's like, if you're really bored at work as your secretary, you know, there, there are other fortes that you could be <laughs> pursuing right now. <laughs> Instead of just dreaming about beating your boss. <laughs> <laughs> you could actually need to be making more. That would be there great. <laughs> That's hilarious. So how did you get into, let's go with the coaching side of things first because I know we're gonna Perfect. be backtracking but how did you get into coaching as a thing? Uh, you know it's been it's been this natural progression so I started out my professional career as a massage therapist and very quickly saw that people people's physical pain was not about the physical stuff that wasn't doing it so I needed to address it from a mental emotional and you know energetic perspective and that's where I got really amazing results um, was very well known for that. And from there, it just kind of evolved. I just, I was really mostly doing coaching, but getting paid very poorly for it because I was only charging massage rates. And, you know, over time realized that this is really the value is getting in and changing what's going on in the internal landscape for people. When we change what's going on in their brains, then it changes, of course, how they act. And then that, of course, changes the results that they get, whether it's on a physical level or their business. And I, I really like to focus on the business side of things because having been self-employed for 30 years, having built a seven-figure business, I kind of know a little bit about business, you know, a few things. 
So I, I love, I love sharing that knowledge and, and being able to guide people into being able to be successful on their terms. Nice. Well, you're talking my language, girlfriend. So I do love a good metaphor. So let's talk about uh, happy endings in the six <laughs> inches between your ears. Because uh, I know a lot of my clients, at the, when they get those epiphanies of what's going on in their business is, it was euphoric. It was like, oh my God, that was better than an orgasm. This is fantastic. Oh my God. And they get it. And all of a sudden business becomes easy. So yes. <laughs> talk to me a bit about like, how did you notice that it wasn't the physicality of what was going on, that it was the mental, emotional side of things? I think, you know, really it comes down to when we talk about business, we look at people like to look at systems. No, you need a funnel. You need, you know, you're, you're one funnel away from the two commas and all that, that, that jazz. And yet when you look at how many people actually get to make that work, you know, they do all of the steps. And this is what I noticed is that people were implementing, they're following those big programs and they're not getting the results. And when I looked at, you know, what the difference, was because I love observing. I love people watching. And so observing who's successful and who fails, so to speak. Um, and the difference for me was all of this, you know, mental, emotional piece, because the people that, that failed had this, you know, crap load of baggage that they were dragging along, along with them where they were like, eh, eh, they were real involvement, right? Like they got, that, they got that stuff going on where it, there's this baggage. I mean, that's extreme, right? <laughs> but the people who are successful are the ones who are like, yeah, it's hard, but I, I don't care. I'm, I'm going for it anywhere. I'm going to lean in. I'm going to make it work. We'll figure it out. And they keep going. And then they're very service as well. So that to me, I think it's really observational to look and see what the actual difference is and it's not the strategies. Nice. Well, my take on uh, the whole kind of mindset thing was that the things that got you successful as a consumer will kill you as an employee. The things that got you successful as an employee will kill you as a manager and the things that got you successful as manager will kill you as an entrepreneur. Give me your take on that and feel free to disagree to your heart's content. No, I like that because uh, like I, I, you know, I start, let's start at the employee to the manager when you're doing your job, and this is and this is where it's always so funny. Businesses will will promote somebody who does a good job, and yet just because they do a good job at one level doesn't mean they have any skills whatsoever to be a manager. Because being a manager is an entirely different situation. You're now managing the people, which is a very different job altogether, and very much the same thing when you're successful as an employee. Um, that employee mindset where your paycheck is coming in, no matter what you do, even if you totally screw everything up, you're still getting your paycheck. That doesn't happen in business. At least it's never happened for me. You know, if I screw up, I don't get paid. Like that's the way it's been for 30 years. I don't know about you. <laughs> you know? Uh, yeah, so nobody I, goes, I'm going to yell at you and then happily hand over a check. And it's like, right? Nope. Yeah, <laughs> it's, like <you're> fired. Yeah. <laughs> it's not, it's you're fired. And uh, I'd like a refund. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Furthermore, <laughs> you know, claw back that commission check. And, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, <laughs> yeah, a little more painful on the other side. Maybe that's why we're such risk takers and, and going absolutely bonkers and crazy. So yes. who do you love to serve and support now? Who's you, who would you say is your ideal client to work with? I am really, really good at serving people who have already hit the multiple six figure, seven figure, eight figure mark. Um, the people who know that doing this inner work allows them to 
be more, do more. In this. Um, and they're willing to play full out. So when I, you know, just go in hardcore, get to the root of it and, and move things, they're like, okay, that was painful, but oh my God, that was great. Whereas, you know, the beginner people are like, ah, that was too much. You know, so, so I really, I really love people who are a little more hardcore, like a bit of a pain situation. You know? <laughs> what was that movie where the guy's going, little stabs, little stabs? <laughs> I didn't see that one. That's good. I totally get it because on, so because I know you don't know. So one of my companies was a company called Success Therapy and it was being able to get to the root cause of what was causing somebody um, to not change and to do a shift in their beliefs, mostly through regression therapy and, but a few other things added in. And it was, it the clients get to the point where they're like, okay, I really want to avoid this call, but I know I want to get through this shit. And you're absolutely right. right. The more money they tend to make, the easier it is for them to make that leap going, okay, I'm sick and tired of this shit. I'm, I'm getting to that million mark. This is ridiculous. Yeah. Well, I think, I think at some point, actually, it was funny because I, I wrote a post about this this morning about that the root of our problems in general, when you look around at all the problems, the root of the problems comes from people wanting to avoid pain. Yeah. Drug, drug addiction, health problems, all the things come from this mixed up perception that we want to avoid pain. And, I, and I've done it to myself. So just last week, I, you know, I, I've been sugar-free for the last three years. And so last week I you know, did a scientific experiment um, where I, bet I had a couple of chocolate bars. Yeah, that was, I put myself through hell <laughs> for days i'm like wow this was not worth it you know it's a five minutes of pleasure for two weeks it's not worth it but it's that piece of where Sometimes. <laughs> no it wasn't, worth it. <laughs> it wasn't not for me i have very extreme reactions but all of this thing of where we have gotten mixed up in our heads where we think the point is to avoid pain and really to me and this is maybe comes from my time Matrix, the way to transform that pain into somewhere you're leaning in and you're, you're getting pleasure out of it. And you, so you, you can enjoy the pain, even if it's just in the fact of like, I know this is coming to something good. Having that transformation is powerful. Nice. I love that. I'm going to stop for one second because you keep getting a brrr in your um, microphone. Oh. And I don't know what it is. Oh, are we picking up the shoot no okay that's why i love recording um okay is it that nope do i keep butting it no am i butt no all right we'll keep going we'll figure all right out. i'm not sure why that's doing that okay okay <laughs> awesome so i love the idea and talk to me more because i think that a lot of people in the bdsm realm get that pain is okay a lot more than quote unquote other people walking around <laughs> we'll, we'll label them other people <laughs> other people <laughs> yeah. yeah and but there's a lot of other areas that do the same thing so people who do extreme sports understand this olympians understand this marathoners 
totally understand that. Ultra elite marathoners. Ultra elite, right? They understand and they go for leaning into that pain, right? Marathoners, I'll I'll use this one because I think more people can get that than the kink. There's a wall that you hit where you're like, I don't think I can go any further. I don't think. And when you actually allow yourself to kind of like surrender into that and say, oh, just one more step, just one more step, you end up pushing through that wall. You, you hit the of euphoria and your, your body pops through the endocannabinoids, rewards you for busting through the wall. And, and then you, you hit that runner's high. And so then that carries you through the rest of the, of the marathon. And this same system is set up in our bodies, but we have to condition ourselves. We have to be willing to kind of reprogram all of that um, pain, pleasure scenario in whatever format, whether, however you choose to do that you need to re rejig the brain if you're going to go for big success. Nice. I love that. And one of the things that I tended to do was disassociation because it was easier for me to be able to go, okay, the pain I'm feeling right now is not mine. It's a little kid within me. It's belongs to my mom, yeah, whatever. And then I could objectively look at it and go, okay, so where did this crap come from and who's doing it? Oh, okay. Totally get it. Do you have other ideas or suggestions on how people kind of take that pain and go, this is okay? So the pain of going through a painful situation, anything? Anything. Um, Yeah, I I think the other really big thing is, you know, what what if this is okay? What if this is pleasurable? Um, Understanding that on a physiological level, our pain and pleasure receptors are side by side. And so it is a matter of how we interpret it. And this is the thing of, you know, in the kink world, if you're, if you're conditioning somebody, you intersperse pain and pleasure. And so that what happens is that they start to neurologically link pleasure to pain. And this is what we can do. We can intersperse, you know, something pleasurable. It's like, okay, I'm going to lean into this. And this, a lot of people do it with food, right? So I'm going to, I'm going to make five sales calls and then I'm going to have an ice cream cone now. I don't recommend that method long-term, <laughs> but something, yeah. you know, it was like, well, maybe go give yourself an orgasm. You know, I'll do five sales girls and then have an orgasm. You know, like you can intersperse pleasure and pain and that will help to shift yeah. program things in your brain. Well, and it's funny you say that because a while back I watched the Wolf of Wall Street mm. and, and it struck some of us funny that they kept going to the bathroom to masturbate so much. And I'm like, that totally makes sense. Why they were so successful at that was because the, the endorphins are just flying because like, it's so stressful, it's so whatever, but then the release is so fantastic that it becomes kind of the addiction to the sales calls as opposed to a sexual addiction, even though some may have had that too, but <laughs> it was being able to kind of correlate the two on the same extremes. Yes. Oh, that is awesome. I love yeah. that. Now, you you got to watch that it doesn't become addictive, like you say, but there are, there are gentle ways to, to start reprogramming yourself, reconditioning yourself. That is awesome. So what kind of stumbling blocks might somebody be having right now that they're thinking, oh my God, Dana, I need you so badly. You know, I think really it's this overwhelm is the biggest thing is that I like they just constantly in go, go, go. And there's no break. So, you know, when things feel completely overwhelming and, and it just, 
you know, it's coming, everything's coming at you super fast. You need that outside perspective to be able to stop for a little bit, look at it objectively. But when we're in overwhelm, that's the hardest time to, to pull back and get that objective look. So I would say that's probably the, the biggest one, either that or you're having an ex existential crisis going, why, what's the point? You know, I'm making a couple of million, like what we do now, what? That's the other piece. Nice. I love that. So give us an example of one of your Cinderella stories you worked with that had awesome kind of rags to riches East type stuff yeah. going on. You know, I, the one that I love is kind of fun. So she, she has, uh, she's a dentist and uh, I was working with her and she was very timid. She's, she's actually not my typical client, but I, I love her for the success piece of it. So we were really working on getting her into her into her power, feeling stronger. It was this very mousy person. And, you know, she came up to the point where she's like, I think I want to get out of the practice. I want to sell it. So her partner was the most logical choice. Her partner wanted the practice. And he came in and he offered her like a ridiculous low ball. And luckily we're in the midst of working together. So she comes to me and she says, okay, well, here's what he's offered. Should I take it? And I'm like, no way in hell. What's that? Like, really? No. And so I helped her to keep leaning in, keep leaning in, keep leaning in. And we got the negotiation up to an extra 500000 from what she was offered. Um, nice. Now, it was, there was still room for her to go further, but she wasn't quite willing to lean in that much. But she got a deal that actually worked for her and way more than she would have taken had she not been coaching with me. And it wasn't, so to speak, bending her over the table. Totally get that. <laughs> So how do you think that, um, that what you do directly helps somebody in scaling their business, either through strategy, systems, support, state of mind, all four, if they haven't caught on to that yet? <laughs> yeah, all four, exactly. It is all four. Uh, okay, so directly emotional clearing, that's, you know, huge skill set in there that I can, I can move things out very quickly for people because I can pinpoint what's going on. Where do we need to address it? Um, strategy, marketing, I am crazy intuitive. And so when I'm working with people, these enter the downloads come in and get, you know, I get downloads. Oftentimes I'm sitting and making notes for myself because they're such good, <laughs> good juicy <laughs> yeah, bits. I'm that. like, oh, that was a good one too. So it is, it is that piece of looking at all aspects of the business together and keeping all of it moving forward on a regular basis. Very cool. I love it. So um, if people want to get a hold of you, how do they go about doing that? Uh, so I am the only Dana Ferrant in the world, P-H-A-R-A-N-T. If you want to go to danaferrant.com or look me up on LinkedIn and connect with me there, that would be fabulous. Nice. And do they have any little sample bites that they might be able to take from you? Any freebies? Uh, Oh, loads of freebies, loads of freebies on the website, loads of content on the YouTube channel, on LinkedIn, everywhere. Nice. So let me ask you this. At what point in life did you know that you were a special kind of crazy enough to think that you could become an entrepreneur? Uh, you know what, actually, when I was working at McDonald's. So 
I worked at McDonald's. Yeah. Awesome. <laughs> Isn't that? I love so your I, career trajectory. <laughs> I know. It's really crazy. So, so I graduated at 17 and, uh, and, and then I was like, well, I don't know what I want to do. I mean, I'm, I'm 17. I haven't figured it out. I was, you know, between 17 and 18, I was figuring out my life. I needed to leave the cult and, that I grew up in. And so I, I worked at McDonald's full time for a year. And that was like the best thing for really locking in that I never want to work for anyone ever again, because I am a terrible employee. People have tried to recruit me all the time. I'm like, no, I work really hard for myself for eight bucks an hour, and I will not work hardly at all for $75 an hour for you. That's the way it works. It's crazy. But <laughs> Dude, I even got fired by my sister, so yeah, I totally get it. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, I got fired for my very first job. <laughs> <laughs> told the boss to go fuck himself. <laughs> so That'll he deserved it. it. He deserved it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm good with that. Awesome. So I would love to have you on again and we'll talk about other things. Actually, before we let you go though, I would love to know, what do you think it took for you to be able to get, to build your business, I'm going to say your first business, up to a million dollars plus? What do you oh, think that was, was my secret in that business was uh, customer service, and, um, and the fact that everyone else in my industry sucked. So a bit of luck and, and a whole lot. it was very helpful. So here's your marketing plan for now, business plan, strategy yes. 101. Go and find the shittiest industry you can find wherever it sucks wind at it. Go kick some Rock ass. that shit. Yeah, you just so like serves their mind. We were great. We were like the, we were rocking it with upsell. Uh, I actually, my claim to fame with that is that I built seven figure business without doing sales calls because we were, it was all a client attraction we served the smallest customer. So our massage therapists were like, you know, they bought this tiniest amount of stuff. However, we served them so well that they told their spas that they worked at. And so then we got the bigger contracts through them. It was nice. all word of mouth. Love word of mouth. Yeah. Somebody loves working with you and you'll over deliver. You will always, always, always get referrals. And then you just systemize your referral process and la-di-da. Bada-boom, bada-bing. Love it. Awesome. <laughs> Any uh, parting words for our peeps? Uh, you know what? My favorite quote, um, quote to quote myself. <laughs> <laughs> you absolutely go, girl. Is when you are willing to lose everything, you can have anything. Nice. I love that. It's not that you have yes. to lose it. You just have to be willing. Exactly. Awesome. This is Michelle Nedelec. Thank you for being here with us today. If you know anyone who would make a great guest for the show, or if you have any questions or a topic you'd like me to, to discuss, reach out at Michelle at the little blue pill for business.com or connect with me on LinkedIn or Facebook. I'd love to hear from you. Thank you for listening to the little blue pill for business podcast with your mistress in business, Michelle Nedelec. Why are you still here? Go to littlebluepillforbusiness.com and get your goodies. If you enjoyed the show, be sure to share it with somebody else that you know would enjoy getting it up in business after you subscribe to the podcast, of course, so you won't miss any future episodes. Now, check the notes for links. Oh, and only tell your wife if she's into this, you know, entrepreneurship. And I'll see you both on the other side.